One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Guys! In a row? Welcome to Nine Guys Dynasty Football, where we talk about the dynasty value of nine different guys in a row. I'm Jamie G. Esquire 5. Unfortunately, I'm not taking on any new clients in the court of law. He's Magnum Mills, and it's time to do some guys. Mills, let's plow them, baby. Let's plow right through them. I mean, I guess we we really should hurry up and plow through these dudes, because by the time we get done recording this, like, I don't know, DK Metcalf will probably get traded or something. Not a chance, Magnum Mills. Not a chance. Pete Carroll just gave him the same lukewarm endorsement that he gave to Russell Wilson just a few months ago. You remember? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, that's what he says, dude. And Chris Carson will be back any day now. And honestly, if we could teach you one thing about Dynasty, it's simply do not ever, 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 forever, ever, ever listen to a word that Pete Carroll says about injuries. For real, for real. Pete Sunshine should really be careful, man. If he keeps lying... Will Smith might just slap the shit out of him. All right. We made our obligatory slap joke. So, you know, fair enough. That's probably enough Seahawks talk. But look, I, you know, I've been buying up those DK Metcalf shares. I'm trying to just mentally like will him to get traded to the Chiefs, but I would actually settle for him getting traded to the Bills. Oh, Magnum Mills. So would I. So would I. Yeah, yeah. You better pay your man digs first. So I guess we better do these nine guys real quick before like two trades happen before we finish recording this and let's stay right on the chiefs and deal with some of the fallout here. What do we do with Clyde Edwards Hilaire? He was the 32nd overall pick in the 2020 draft. He's entering his third season. One more year left on his deal. The chiefs do hold that fifth year option turns 23 years old in April. I had high hopes for the kid. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was a partner with someone else and a co-owner on a team. He talked me into taking him over Jonathan Taylor, but I definitely did it in the league as did the chiefs. And for the most part during his career, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has either been injured or involved in some kind of running back by committee. The Chiefs went out and signed Ronald Jones to pair with him. You know, there's a strong chance, I think, that the Chiefs either add kind of another, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just Jarek McKinnon, or I could see them taking a running back and say the fourth round of the draft, something like that. Right now, the apparent thing is that Jones is going to be the early down back, kind of the banger, might get the goal line carries, but CH might have that passing game role and it's kind of been flipped the other way for the like last year a lot of times it was daryl williams who got both the goal line carries and the reception so really was not a good look for ceh right now it looks like his value is roughly either a late first or an early second round pick given his age the team this is not a great running back class i think that's a pretty fair price if i'm a running back team he probably has more long-term upside than any other running back you're going to acquire for just a late first or an early second. Like maybe you could get Leonard Fournette at that price, but obviously they're, you know, about a five-year age difference there. And you just have to be aware while there is still that ceiling with CEH, his floor is like in the fucking basement because if it doesn't happen for him this season, it's almost certainly never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. So I think a year from now, his value is either going to like pick up quite a bit or be damn near nothing. Speaking of the Chiefs, Magna Mills, let's talk a little bit about Ronald Jones. The former second-round pick isn't as old as you think, buddy. It only turns 25 in August. He signed what's reported to be a one-year contract worth up to $5 million. 
He's always been a bit underrated as a pass catcher. He didn't see many opportunities at all last season, but we've seen CEH struggle with injuries. We've seen the Chiefs opt to go with other running backs, especially at the goal line. It's pretty doubtful that Jones turns into a long-term asset, but Magnum Mills, he has a very real chance to be an RB2 this season. If CEH were to miss significant time at all, I think he could flirt with even RB1 status. His value seems to have settled into late second round, early third round area, and that's a fair price for a one-year contributor at running back. Uh, I think he's he's really, you know, I like him a lot in best ball leagues. Overall, he's a fine depth piece at running back, and if you own Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'd probably make a strong effort to add Jones to my roster. I, I think if you look at Jones, he's basically, like look at what Daryl Williams did last year. I think yeah. he could do that plus a little bit. And again, uh, you know, everyone loves the rookie draft picks, but for the most part, like the, you know, an early third round pick, the hit rate on that is like 10%. You know, maybe it could happen. You get a Terry McLaurin, Elijah Mitchell or something like that, but more than likely you're going to wind up taking a player who doesn't really do anything. And let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum here. But a guy who once upon a time probably did go on like the third round of your rookie draft, that's Tyreek Hill. Star wide receiver was traded to the Miami Dolphins for a bundle of draft picks including the Dolphins 2022 first and second round picks. They also gave Hill a new contract that makes him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL on a per year basis. I just, I can't shake the feeling that the Dolphins situation feels a lot like the Broncos did last year. They have everything now, but the quarterback, I mean, that's a pretty important thing to have. I, you could definitely argue that two has got more upside than anybody. The Broncos have trotted out a quarterback over the last couple of years. I wouldn't argue with you, but you know, this is definitely not Patrick Mahomes. So there's a bit of a downgrade Hill here. You know, Hill was decent with Alex Smith, a quarterback. He's still explosive enough to turn nothing into something. He's really hard to value him right now. It's all over the place. You have people who are panic selling. You have people who are just, you know, they're just locked in. Like, nope, no difference at all. For the most part here, if I own Hill, I'm going to hold on. Maybe if he has a, a couple big games early in the year, I might consider flipping him. But for now, I think the thing to do, just hold tight. You know, I the one way I'd move him is if you say could add him to a late random first round pick this year and get up to somebody, you know, I don't think you're getting a Jamar chase, but if you could get to Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, something like that, I might think about trying to buy a couple of years back there. You know, it's just, it's kind of tough. He was again, okay with other quarterbacks, but I think the, the play here is really just, you have to see in your league, if the owner is panicking, yeah, I would go ahead. If you could deal like any pick, say, in a, you know, like the 108 or later, just straight up for Tyreek Hill, I would do that. And that's, again, I don't think you should be able to, but there might be a couple owners out there that are just not happy. Or all of a sudden now they own, say, Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddle. I have that going on in one week. Do you really want, you know, that much elite capital tied up in the one team? You know, it's really kind of in the eye of the beholder. Long story short, you know, I think it's a bit of a downgrade, but I don't think this is something crazy where all of a sudden his value is going to completely crater. Magna Mills, let's stay on that Will Smith, baby. I'm talking about Miami and across the formation from Tyreek Hill where Jalen Waddle is lined up. The sophomore wide receiver got elite volume last year and has jumped up into the top 10 dynasty wide receivers on a lot of the rankings that I've seen. You may ask yourself, does this trade hurt him? Yes, it does. No diggity, no doubt. He is not going to see the level of volume that he saw last year. On the plus side, though, Hill's, having Hill there it should open up things on the offense for everybody. So Waddle could potentially be much more efficient this, this season. I just don't think that'll increase his efficiency enough 
to make up for his lost volume. He's another player whose value is all over the board right now. If I own him, I'm holding. If not, I'm actively trying to buy. Even if this season isn't great, the Dolphins have positioned themselves to be a pretty desirable destination for quarterbacks. If two isn't good enough, I'd expect them to have an upgrade in place for the 2023 season. I would probably deal any pick but the 1.01 for Waddle in single quarterback leagues and any pick 1.03 or later in super flex leagues. I'm still very excited about him, and there is a chance with Hill in town now. His owner might panic a bit. So you might get him for far less than you would think you would have to pay for somebody who is, you know, regarded as a top 10 wide receiver dynasty asset. You have to take a look, dude. And this year might not be the best, but I think long-term, you're right there. That move would pay off for you. And that's kind of the thing, right? Miami, all of a sudden, they might have too many wide receivers. In the Chiefs, we have to wonder, do they have enough? Before the Hill trade, they actually signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year contract. Somehow, Juju's still only 25 years old, turns 26 in November, the contract he signed has a base value of around $3 million and could be worth up to $10 million if he hits all the incentives. That did not look likely before the Hill thing. Now it does look a little more likely, probably not extremely likely, but it could happen. And dude is had one of the, the wildest kind of dynasty careers I've ever seen. He had a great rookie year. You know, by the end of his uh, sophomore year, I believe he was like the 101 in a lot of leagues, definitely the wide receiver one. And now he's just kind of a, a middling asset. So it's really tough to figure out what you're going to do with him. A lot of people who own Juju, they probably own him throughout this whole ride. And now that it looks like he's trending up again, they're not really going to be looking to sell. So you're probably going to have to really come out of your pockets for him. Right now, it seems that he's going for something around either a late first or an early second round pick. Totally fair. I'm just not convinced that all of a sudden he's going to have, you know, wide receiver one upside. He's young enough that I think he could be a consistent wide receiver two for a couple of years. But again, one year deal might not be back with Patrick Mahomes. So you know, I think it's a fair risk reward for his age. Again, I think, you know, the people who own him are going to want too much for him for the most part. So sniff around if it looks like somebody thinks they're selling high, but otherwise, you know, if I own him, I'm probably riding out. If not, I'm probably not actively going out to acquire more shares. Staying in Kansas city, the chiefs made another move to replace Hill. They signed former Packer Marquez Valdez Scalding, also known as MVS to a contract that is effectively a one year, $9 million deal. If they elected to keep him in 2023, it would be a two-year, $18 million arrangement. MVS is a bit older than you might think. He turns 28 this October. Looking around, his value seems to be something like a mid-second round pick or a late second and a random third. That's fair, but I, I'm really not going to be chasing him in standard leagues. There's just too much variance from week to week. However, I will be chasing him in best ball leagues. He's capable of a few monster games each season, and in best ball, you don't have to try to guess which weeks those will happen. Have them on your have them on your roster. Yeah, I think he could offer basically a little bit of a a, a better version of what Miko Hardman gave you last year. I think the Chiefs' offense is going to develop into one where they tend to spread the ball around a lot more. One of the the big you know boons for their fantasy value was was so concentrated with just a couple of players. I think they might be going to a little bit more of what Andy Reid did earlier in his career, where he would really spread the touches and targets out, uh, you know, amongst multiple running backs, multiple wide receivers, multiple tight ends. It can work well in the NFL, but it's not exactly what you want from a fantasy standpoint. All right, dude, enough Chiefs talk. I know it had to be killing you. Let's move on to something oh. fun like the buff. Oh, I mean, like tight ends. Tight ends are fun, right? You know, yeah. I know it's it's tight ends. You know, most people start talking about tight ends. They make like fucking uh, like Wayne and Garth and Wayne's world. Like, yeah, dude, we're in Delaware, Delaware, tight ends. 
But, you Delaware. Know. <laughs> really? <laughs> old, but Wayne's World's still pretty funny. Oh, y'all should check it out. And anyways, let's talk about uh, Gerald Everett here. Tight end Gerald Everett turns 28 in June. He signed a two-year deal for $12 million with $8 million in guarantees to join the Los Angeles Chargers. Lot to like here. Everett's always been an excellent athlete for the tight end position, almost elite. Very good, you know, move tight end, not the greatest blocker. The main deal is he's never gotten consistent volume. He got a little, you know, a couple, a little bit of a run there at the end of the Seattle season last year. Did get some chances for the Rams when Tyler Higby was hurt before, but still, he's never really had a true opportunity. Now he's got that, really. He's got Donald Parham behind him. That's about it. He's got an excellent path to targets in an offense where Justin Herbert slinging the rock. A lot of things to like there. Right now, it looks like he's being traded for what is basically a random third-round rookie pick. Maybe you love Josh Palmer. I get it. Still, I think there's a good chance that he's going to wind up you know, somewhere that third, fourth option in the passing game for the Chargers. That's really good. You like that. I think it's the easiest way to buy a piece of that Chargers offense if you don't own one already. Herbert likes targeting those tight ends in the red zone. It's just that last year, it seemed like the Chargers had like, five of them. I definitely remember somebody won a, a Monday night showdown by starting, I think three chargers tight ends in their lineup. So, you know, let's be honest, like I said earlier, what's your random third round pick going to do for you? Yeah. Maybe you get lucky, but for the most part, it's a lottery ticket that'll never cash. I'd rather spend that lottery ticket on the tight end. Who's talented and catching passes. Justin Herbert. I like it, bro. I like it. Staying at tight end. Let's move down to Duval. That's right. We're going to Jacksonville. One of the several, hundred players that the Jaguars signed this past free agency was Evan Ingram. The former first round pick signed a one-year contract for $9 million, 8.25 million of a guaranteed Magna Mills. The dude turns 28 years old this September. Look, man, is it ever going to happen forever for Evan Ingram? After his rookie year, it really seemed like he was going to be the next big thing at tight end, dude. Had a great rookie season. Instead, though, he's been more like Crystal Pepsi or Coke, too. He costs roughly the same random third-round pick that you're going to get, you know, I don't know, Gerald Everett is going for. I guess I'd say here, though, Ingram actually might have a higher ceiling as he could be, in theory, the number one target in the passing game for Trevor Lawrence. But Everett has a much higher floor. So if you're if you're weak at the tight end position, I think Engram is a very nice lottery ticket. Just be aware that if he doesn't happen for him this season, he'll basically be absolutely, completely worthless going forward. Yeah, again, he'll be, you know, 28, 29-year-old move tight end that doesn't block or play special teams. Not a lot of room for that in this day and age in the NFL. You know, and I have to say, you know, like who is really trying to make Evan Ingram still happen at this point? Like, who just can't give him up? Yeah, it is me. I mean, I have a problem. And the first step to, you know, dealing with the problem is admitting that you have a problem. And I also want to thank you, Jamie G, because you did, Leave me a former Eagle here. He's our final guy in the show. Tight end Zach Ertz re-signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Ertz turns 32 in November. His contract's a three-year deal worth $31.65 million with $17.5 million guaranteed. After he was traded to the Cardinals, Ertz was a legitimate tight end one. And since then, the Cardinals have subtracted multiple players for their offense without adding anything. Ertz should continue to enjoy a solid target share and we'll see a good number of looks in the red zone because of his age. His production should actually probably outstrip his trade value. He's just in that zone where he's a year to year proposition. Again, he's right now going for a mid to late second round pick, maybe even like two third round picks. So if you're a contending team, 
with a hole at tight end. Ertz is a very nice buy there. I think you can count on getting a year or two of production. Hopefully then maybe you kind of get another young tight end or two and over that year or two or, you know, till whenever Ertz is done, one of those guys breaks out, then you'd be in real good shape. And again, I think you're going to get, you know, get tight end one production this season. Maybe it's only tight end eight or something, but still the position's a mess for a mid to, you know, mid to late second round pick. I think it's, you know, he's going to be a really underrated option going into this season. Magna Mills, I just have one thing to say to you. Guys, all I really want is guys. Nine in a row, I want guys, guys, guys. And I have to say, I like the way that they talk. And thank you for hearing us talk. We hope we make you smile. And if not, you're in denial. Who, me? In denial? No way, man. I cannot deny that this has been a ton of fun. We did the guys, and we appreciate you listening and or watching. Please remember to like, follow, comment, subscribe, all that fancy jazz. It really helps us out, and we appreciate it. Magnum Mills, tell the people where they can find all of our funny, awesome, kick-ass, free content. I like the enthusiasm and the jazz hands. Uh, you know, we're on uh, social media. We're Caesar Gap Fantasy Football. You can find us at Caesar Gap FF on you know, Twitter, Instagram, all the good ones. Find the podcast by searching for Caesar Gap Fantasy on your favorite podcast platform. We're from the Joe Blow Football Show. You can find it at joeblowfootballshow.com and on social media at Joe Blow Show. We are currently covering the sixth and final season of the show Peaky Blinders on our podcast, PBP, a Peaky Blinders podcast. Find that on your favorite podcast platform and on social media at Peaky Podcast. We're about to cover the final seven episodes of the show Ozark from Netflix. We're the Ozark Podcast on your favorite podcast platform on social media at Ozark Podcast. And we also are periodically covering the FXX comedy. It's always sunny in Philadelphia on our podcast, Night Pod Cometh. Again, find that on your favorite podcast platform and on social media at Night Pod Cometh. Jamie G, holla at your yeah, boy. Man. This is Ben. Nine Guys Dynasty Football from the Season Gap Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you again for listening and or watching, and we will see you next week when we do nine more guys in a row. This has been Nine Guys Dynasty Football, part of the Seize the Gap Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by the Joe Blow Football Show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Any views or opinions expressed here are personal and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations who may or may not be associated with the Joe Blow Football Show. If you have any questions, please contact us at seizethegapff at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, and comment.